This episode is sponsored by firefighterstraps.com, built by firefighters for firefighters. Be sure to visit firefighterstraps.com to see all of their hose and tool straps. Thank you for joining me on the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, AZ. I find the research and resources and then provide the fire service with the so what, now what, to ensure the health and well-being of every member of our profession. Together, let's thrive. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fire Rescue Wellness Podcast. I am here today with my friend, Luke Peterson. Luke, say hello to the podcast people. Hello, podcast people. Hello, podcast people. Let me tell you just a little bit about Luke. Luke and I have worked together for over 18 years. He got hired just a little bit before I did, and he truly was a mentor for me in the fire service. Um, My first time being a firefighter in a full-time capacity was at my current department, and so Luke had gotten hired just a little bit prior, so a very, very great mentor for me and just a wonderful human. So Luke, I would like you to introduce yourself. First of all, who are you? Tell the people. Uh, My name is Luke Peterson. Uh, I have been uh, on my current fire department for uh, almost almost 20 years, Um, and Annette was hired shortly after I was, like she said before. I have three children. I... um, that are 15, 13, and 7. So that keeps me busy most of the time. Uh, I have a firefighter strap company that I started a couple years ago, and I'm continuing to build on my product line there. Um, I enjoy uh, vacationing up in the north woods of Wisconsin with my family. And uh, yeah, that's about me in a nutshell. Amazing. And just as a side note, Luke and I are sitting in my kitchen. This is very seen. He mentioned his three children. This is the scene of where I believe it was Noah put a raisin down the register, never to be seen again. So yeah, you weren't here for that one. Luke's lovely wife was here for that. It was <laughs> it was quite a situation. So Luke, really, really diving deep a little bit. What sets your soul on fire? What gets you excited about life? Uh, well, first off, it is seeing my kids grow and succeed. Um, that's, well, that's number one right now. They're getting older and they're starting to become their own people. And so seeing them uh, develop into their own personalities and seeing what excites them and seeing them work hard and succeed in the things that they do. So uh, that is number one. Uh, professionally, uh, I like attention to detail. Um, and I appreciate firefighters that come in and work hard and have attention to detail and really hone their skill of being a firefighter and really take that to heart uh, in every aspect of the job. And Luke uh, absolutely does that. He portrays everything that he's talking about. He is an absolutely excellent, excellent coworker, and I appreciate him so much. Last question, Luke, how are you changing the world? Hmm. Um, well, I, it starts, you know, family life starts first, um, hopefully raising respectful children in this world with a good work (laughs) ethic, which is something that is uh, a challenge as we see younger firefighters come into the fire service. Um, and that's something I hope to instill into my children so that they work hard and, uh, have that work ethic when they get into whatever field they want to get into. Um, 
Annette, you mentioned my my business. I think from a professional uh, standpoint, I'm trying to um, provide a a resource or not a resource, a product that really wasn't out there um, in in some of the straps that uh, that I make. Um, I believe I have five proprietary straps now that nobody made, so I'm trying to make the job a little bit safer uh, and uh, ergonomically make it uh, a little bit better to help injury prevention, stuff like that. So, um, And then just trying to be a good person overall and hand that down to my children and have three little people in this world that end up being good people. If your children work anywhere near as hard as you, uh, you have succeeded. Very, This guy works very hard. Thank you. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention, since we are co-workers, that all of the viewpoints that we're talking about today are our personal viewpoints. They do not reflect those viewpoints of our employer. And what I'm going to talk to Luke about today specifically is he has been the fitness coordinator at our department what, 15 years, something like that? Yeah, about 15 years. Okay. So how did you fall into that position? Uh, well, the individual that was uh, initially in that position retired. And uh, prior to him retiring, I became a wellness fitness uh, trainer, a peer fitness trainer. Um, and so I had a passion for it within the fire service. And I just kind of picked up where he left off. Um, when I started, we had, uh, just a few trainers and it was very surface level with what we, the knowledge that we had, uh, and the ultimate goal was just to make a more fit fire department. Um, we had a lot of older firefighters and we saw with that, um, a little bit of laziness and, and some habits in the fire service that had been around for a long time that we tried to kick a little bit, but, um, in getting some of the younger generation in now, uh, trying to motivate them in the right direction with, uh, with fitness and wellness, uh, so that moving forward, that becomes, uh, something that's in the forefront of their mind. And you said, you mentioned that you took the peer fitness trainer course. How do you feel that prepared you? Did that put you in a good position to be in charge of the fitness department or what, what, what do you think? Uh, that program in itself, um, was very surface and the way the program was rolled out initially, uh, had some merit. There was uh, initial training and you were supposed to get more of your knowledge, uh, with your continuing education, which there really, uh, in time, there really didn't prove to be much, um, beneficial continuing education. So, uh, it was, uh, it remained very surface for all of our peer fitness trainers and didn't really, uh, get down into a lot of the specific nutrition and wellness benefits that we wanted to see within our fire district. So I like that you said that word wellness, because even though your title is fitness coordinator, I think you do approach it from a more holistic and wellness, uh, position. So I really like that. So tell me, other than maybe you weren't completely prepared with that class, what have been a couple of your other tough challenges that that you've encountered throughout the course of your 15 years? Uh, initially, buy-in, uh, getting buy-in from specifically some of the older uh, members on the department that never had fitness um, made a priority to them uh, for the job. So that was, that was big. Uh, that was difficult. Um, and 
fortunately, we had buy-in from the top at our fire department, and that was huge. So that helped with a little bit of the buy-in from the older generation. Um, finances is always a challenge, trying to get the funds allocated for the fitness program. Uh, so, and that still is a challenge today. Uh, we we do have uh, a fitness budget. It's just not uh, as large of a budget as, as I would like to see. But then again, everybody that is in charge of some sort of division would like more money for, for their division. So uh, we are in a pretty good spot. But yes, there have been challenges along the way. And uh, But we've also uh, made some strides in, in some of the... Um, different policies we've put into place and in the mindset of our fire department uh, coming in the door from, from day one. So overall, yes, there's been a lot of challenges along the way, uh, but uh, right now we are in a much better place, I feel, than we were 15 years ago. I agree. I also think that we're eating typically so much better than we did 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember being a probationary firefighter at, at our station one, which had sometimes 11 people there and being handed $55 because everyone put in five and then going and having to find some sort of suitable meal for $55. That was panic right there. That was panic. Um, as you were speaking, I was thinking you were talking about funding. In addition to funding from the district, where where have you found additional funding or support, if any? Um, we have a 2% board, um, and they've assisted us along the way with some equipment purchases. Um, as far as any other funding sources, uh, grants or anything like that, we really haven't received anything. Um, but the 2% board has been, uh, very beneficial along the way and they've supported us. So if you are not in Illinois, the 2% two, two fund or foreign fire insurance tax, the way I understand it, it's more or less if industry has is purchasing their insurance from an out-of-state out of insurance carrier. There's some sort of a fine, if you will, that the insurance carrier has to pay to the fire district. Is that how you understand it to your best? Yeah, something like that. And that's where that 2% comes in. But then that goes directly to emergency services for supporting those businesses that are going out of state. I Something to that effect, yeah. I know. I wish I understood better, but oh well. We shall clarify in a future episode. So are there any policies that that you've been able to institute or sort of push through that you think were really valuable and helpful? The biggest one... Uh, was our morning fitness program. And our administration has uh, supported us along the way uh, with fitness and wellness. And our fire chief is on board with everything that we do as far as getting people to work out every shift. So much that he, ha he signed off on the policy that was mandatory fitness training every shift and set aside time first thing in the morning to allow us to work out. Uh, barring calls, uh, but other than calls, we have, after our vehicle checks in the morning, we have time set aside, uh, an hour and a half for fitness, grabbing 
uh, something to eat, getting cleaned up after you work out, and being ready for your day. And Annette, you mentioned our eating habits have changed mm-hmm. significantly. Well, I think that is somewhat attributed to that morning fitness because when you come into work and you do your vehicle checks and you go right into a workout, when you get done with your workout, you get cleaned up and one of the companies is heading out to the store. So with that mindset of I just worked out, I just did something good for my body and now I'm going to put good things in my body. Uh, So that really has... I. I've seen a huge change in the nutrition of our meals uh, after we started that morning workout program. But I do have to give props to our administration for giving us that support. And that, while it hasn't been a challenge for us, I could see being a challenge for many fire departments. And I know that it is. Um, but that, that morning fitness program gets gets us warmed up for the day, gets our muscles activated, gets us up and moving and blood flowing. And the first year of that program was the first time in the history of the department that we saw a decrease in our workman's comp um, premiums. Uh, now, we did have some changeover from and, and some uh, quite a few retirements and younger members coming in as well. And so it can't be solely attributed to that morning fitness program, but that uh, was was one of the benefits or one of the um, big components that the chiefs, the administration was looking for was how is this going to benefit us? And in the very first year, they saw a decrease in workers' comp uh, premiums, which was huge. And so they have continued to support it from that day forward. And I think the important thing to point out is that they did allow us to decrease as many barriers to entry as possible. So we actually are allowed to go into work wearing our fitness clothing. We don't have to have our uniform on immediately in the morning. And then we we shower and we change. So barriers to, barriers to entry and decreasing those barriers is very, very important. I wanted to ask you, I have a particular favorite piece of equipment that you purchased. Uh, man, was it six, seven, eight years ago now. So uh, tell me, tell the, tell the listeners about my favorite piece of equipment and how you got that. Luke doesn't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Your Luke pers- bought us an in-body. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> I was thinking fitness. Um, so we have an in-body 570, which is a um, bioimpedance scale that is as accurate as a water test, um, and in some instances, more accurate. Uh, it is only as accurate as you make it. Uh, if you come in first thing in the morning and you weigh in or weigh out, uh, that is going to be your most accurate um, measurements. But that scale was, at the time, I want to say about $7,000. And that was a purchase that the district supported us on. Uh, because of the benefits of the scale. And I agree with you. I think that's the best piece of equipment we have. Uh, To this day, we still do an annual fitness challenge, and we've tweaked it a little bit. Uh, But the the biggest benefit to that scale is uh, for someone who's in a fitness program or a nutrition program, you may see that you are feeling better, looking better, but you're not seeing weight come off. Well, if you have started to eat healthier but work out and you're putting on muscle, your body composition is going to change. 
And you're not going to see that on a normal scale. But on the in-body scale, you do see that because you see your muscle mass go up, your lean muscle mass, and you see your body fat go down. And that's the exact point of our fitness challenge is to increase lean muscle mass and decrease body fat. So we base our fitness challenge on body fat percentage lost, which then benefits the individuals that gain lean muscle, even if they don't lose weight, um, and also those that lose fat. So uh, if you go through uh, the program and you are weighing in consistently on that scale, that will give you the insight that I this is actually working as opposed to I'm not losing any weight, there's no benefit to this program, and falling off the program. So uh, it is a great piece of equipment, and I, I agree. We use it all the time. Well, and shout out to our friend Regina Sherman at BU. She used to invite our smelly, dirty bodies over there to use her in-body scale every single year. So it was really great for us uh, to get started over there, but it's super convenient for us now. So I would highly recommend that purchase if that's something that your department can swing. Definitely something that I recommend. So Luke, you've been doing this for a while. So you've learned, you've had some successes and you've probably learned some lessons and fallen into some pits. So can you think of any of those things right now that you could maybe warn the listeners about if they're trying to start their own health and wellness program? Um, one of the biggest um, downfalls of our program in and of itself is that we don't, we, we have support to a certain point. Um, but it would be great to have a normal fitness trainer that is wellness trainer, I should say, not fitness, um, that is contracted on site to be able to provide nutritional information, workout information, and everything that uh, we really need to succeed in being more fit and um, more nutritional firefighters. So we have struggled through different programs, and now we have uh, trainers that have been certified uh, through the NSCA for and the, uh, the TSAC program, TSAC program Correct. which is way better than the initial program I went through. Uh, but again, that is a baseline program, and it's up to the individual to continue to build on that program their knowledge. So fire, we, we have uh, a pretty lean fire department, and as far as we have a lot of people that do a lot of things, and everybody's busy in their different elements, and it's difficult to get someone who is an expert in the field. So getting somebody from the outside in to help with all of the things that we need help with that is already a professional um, is one of the struggles that I've had and one of the challenges that I would really like to overcome before uh, I, I move along from this um, position. Uh, one of the other big programs I would love to implement, and I've been working on it and I will work on it until the day I walk out the door, is an annual fit for duty test. Uh, there are departments all over the place, especially Indianapolis-based um, departments that have a annual fit for duty fitness test. And it makes me sick that we take whatever the fitness test is when we get hired and pass that now being the CPAT. And after that, you're free, you're done. 
We have continuing education for every other aspect of our job. And with fitness being one of the most important, uh, there is no standard that we have to uphold after we pass that initial test. So we've been fortunate to introduce our fitness training and our fitness philosophy to our new hires right when they come in the door and integrate that into our first week of our academy, I'll call it, uh, with or our first month of academy uh, as they come in the door. So every single day they come in, they work out first thing in the morning to try to instill into them that fitness is at the forefront here. Um, but moving on from that, we don't have a fit for duty test. So I'm still working towards that. That's been a challenge. Um, and there's a, there's legal aspects to it. There's a lot more to it than just saying, this is what we're going to do. Um, and, and there's a fairly large financial impact to it as well. So, um, I'm going to keep fighting for that. And I hope maybe someday in a few years, I can come back and do another podcast and say, we did it, but we'll Absolutely. see. We'll see. And, and ideally what we want is people, we don't want this to be punitive. We don't want anyone to have to go off the job. We just want people to be healthy and well enough to do the job. And, and if it takes having a standard, then I think that's what we need to do. It's, it's absolutely what we need to do. Well, we did our uh, every year when we do our annual fitness evaluations, which is just a baseline or an evaluation for the individual to use for themselves, um, we get on that in-body scale. And two years ago, I ran all the data from our in-body scale for our entire department, and it was not good. So I went out and did a little training session. No, no, Luke had a rant. And it's okay. He I got said, on a soapbox. This is unacceptable. Uh, this is our career. This is our job. We are tactical athletes, um, and we need to treat our bodies as such. This is this is terrible. So, uh, and one of the, I guess, in its simplest form, one of the phrases that I used in that training was, "You have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, would you want you rescuing you?'" And if you can't say honestly that, yes, I am 100%, I'm the guy, I'm the girl, I I would want me coming in to get me out if I was in trouble, then you have some work to do. So that's in its simplest form that to me um, was something that I heard that kind of hit home. And and if you can't honestly look in the mirror and say that, then you got to get to work. 100% agree. And I, and I do want to circle back just for a second to something you said about, um, you know, we are running really lean and we, we have less personnel than we had in the past. Our call volume is higher and people are wearing a lot of hats. And so Luke not only wears the hat of the fitness coordinator, but he also wears the hat of he fixes our rigs <laughs> too. So, you know, we, we have a, we have a lot of, um, capacity to do a lot of things, but also that capacity, there's a, le- a limit to it. And so we have to keep be cognizant of that and keep that in mind. So other than the fit for duty standard, is there anything, if you could just wave your magic wand, is there anything that you would change about the health and wellness program at our department? Uh, 
the fit for duty and then a more structured professional um, that take that has um, the ability to come in and follow up with our individuals and devise programs or be there as a resource. Um, that's something that we really that we don't have. Uh, we do our annual tests um, that are only meant for the individuals, but uh, and we do have our trainers, but very rarely do we get individuals to come and ask for help. Whereas if there's someone from the outside coming in and holding them accountable and pushing them a little bit more, um, that would be greatly beneficial. So hopefully we can kind of bring those two things together. That would be nice. And I think what some departments uh, forget when they adopt the wellness and fitness initiative, there's more pieces to it just than just the fitness testing. There's the medical testing aspect of it. There's the behavioral health aspect of it. And then one of the things with the fitness aspect was a qualified and competent person to supervise the program. And so I think that's one of the lines that's maybe sometimes skimmed over. But we are more able to set our people up for success, both our peer trainers and our personnel, if we have someone qualified that's leading them. So that's a really great observation. So Luke, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, I would just say if anyone has any questions about any of the programs we've been able to implement, um, I'd be more more than happy to talk uh, and more than happy to give you any insight I have um, towards what we've been able to achieve. And uh, also, if you have any information or um, suggestions on ways to help implement a fit-for-duty test, I would be Um, more than willing to talk to you about that. Um, But I thank you, Annette, for your time. Well, that leads us right into how can they get a hold of you for this purpose? Uh, My email address is luke-peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N, at att.net. You can email me there, um, and I will get back to you. Amazing. And I'll make sure and put that in the show notes as well as the firefighterstraps.com website. You really should check those out. They are very, very cool pieces of equipment. And I think that they are awesome. So this has been all for now. And I will talk to you next time. AZ and Luke are 